Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. We have all been around people, and at times it could be us, who pretend life is going fine when it isn't. While that does not mean everybody needs to know your business, we must be honest about our circumstances with the Lord and usually a few trusted friends or pastors as well. In Genesis chapter 15, Abraham and his wife Sarah's hearts are broken over what appears to be a failure of God to keep his promise. In a sense, they gave up on God and what follows is a massive failure of their faith. But God does not give up on them or you. Let's join Pastor Jim in part one of his message, When Our Faith Fails. Well, there are some things in life, when they are mixed together, produce something really, really good. Now, I'm going to see how old some of you are. What happens when you mix chocolate and peanut butter? You'll get Reese's peanut butter cups. There used to be a commercial for that. There's other things, when they're mixed together, are not so good. I'll give you an example of that. Disappointment and time. That can lead to a very, very bad mixture. Followers of Jesus, and if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, we're really, really thrilled that you are here with us. Please contact me during the week if you have any questions or just comments. Be happy to speak with you. Followers of Jesus are not immune to this. We often have very, very high hopes and As we have high hopes, we have plans, sometimes we realize that things begin to improve at a much slower pace than we kind of hoped that they would. And then sometimes they're not improving at all. And then other times they're actually getting worse. We try to be strong. Sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. And sometimes when we're not strong, we fail miserably. And the title of our message today is When Our Faith Fails, part of our series, Venturing into the Unknown Studies in the Life of Abraham. Well, let's go back in time, 4,000 plus years ago. Abram, as his name is now, but he'll be later called Abraham, has just been promised uh, by God to be the father of many. Eventually, even the Messiah will come through his uh, family line. And Abraham's story is quite amazing. We started way back at the end of chapter 11. He started out as a pagan. He became a follower of Yahweh. Some of you are like, well, I wasn't raised with any of this religious stuff. When people say that to me, I always go, good for you. (laughs) Like, what do you mean good for me? And I'm like, you don't have all the stuff you got to kind of clean out of your head. You're like a fresh, fresh canvas. So he was a pagan. He became a follower of Yahweh. And he had some failures. But now, the past couple of weeks, we've seen he was on a roll of victories. He was on a roll of successes. And, and you know, what happens is we praise God for those things. But, you know, it can really happen. It's easy for it to happen. As we start to think we're a lot more spiritual than we actually are. We start to think, I got this Christian life thing down. But have you noticed how quickly life can change? Have you noticed how quickly your emotions can change on a dime? 
That's why the Apostle Paul would write 2,000 years later, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Don't, don't think too much of yourself. We, we only find out when we get to heaven just how much God has really been holding on to us all along. You see, the big problem that Abraham has in relations to the promises that God made to him is he's told him he's going to have a son and many descendants and you know, as many as the, as the stars, but they still don't have a son. And as they're probably contemplating their life, and that we, we learned that back at the beginning of chapter 11. Here we are at the end of chapter 11. Here we are now in chapter 16. They still don't have a son. And the only thing that's really changing is this. They're getting older. And with each passing day, you gotta, you got to wonder how they're starting to feel. This is something that's very valuable. If you're new to the Bible, I haven't really thought this through very much. When it comes to the promises of God, they're much more tied to events than time. Do we hear that? They're much more tied to events than time. Having been a Christian for over 30 years, I can tell you this. I've seen a lot of people who got caught up in what we'll call end times conspiracy theories. And now they're no longer walking with the Lord. Because they didn't hold the proper balance of the Lord is not in a hurry like we are. And the Lord does make a promise that he will return. Jesus told the apostles, no man knows the day or the hour. Hmm, what does he mean? What is he trying to say? And a lot of those people have fallen away. So do I believe that the the Lord is coming back? I do. I, I would even subscribe to the theology of eminency, meaning it could be at any time. But at the same time, I want to live my life as if I've got a long time to go and make as much of a difference as I can for the kingdom. So I hold them in tension. They are not opposites. They're actually things that I both look forward to. I'll be happy either way. Because I know, why will I be happy either way? Because it's God's plan, not mine. That's what I want. I don't know, but I could imagine, maybe to some extent, for them, especially Abraham's wife, Sarah, Sarai, the promise of a son, every time she heard that, it could be a dagger in her heart. Again, I don't know, but at this point, she probably felt like a big failure, a real disappointment to her husband, and a real disappointment to God. I know some of you feel that way. You feel like you're a real disappointment to God. And sometimes I'm thinking like, Are you really focusing on the whole message? Are you really listening to what God is saying as he shows you that his disappointment may be in some sin you commit, not in you, but the the things that you do may displease the Lord. But if you are a child of God, he always loves you. You know, if you're parents, you know that's the problem. Your kid does something and you want to kill him. Let's be honest. But you love them. And you don't kill them. Maybe some of you do. So I know some of you feel like you are a disappointment to God. For those of you who have gone through the pain and 
it's, it's quite a very high number. A lot of people in our church have gone through this, of, of unable to conceive children. It is very, very painful. And having children is very, very painful. I don't mean birthing them. I've never experienced it. I've been there three times to watch it, but I haven't been, been there. And so that's very, very painful, having kids. I always remind my three kids, studies show that, that couples that don't have kids are happier than those who do. And I say, your mother and I have chosen to be miserable. <laughs> but I also know that, and this is hard to say, that many followers of Jesus, many in our church, have had their little kids love Jesus. And then by the time they're teenagers or they go to college or they're in their 20s, they've completely forgotten him. And you want to talk about having your heart ripped out. You'll think all you want for your kids is that you want them to be in heaven with you. That's all you really want. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so many parents are saying, God, will I really get to see that? I, you know, I can live with, a lot of parents say, I could live with maybe not seeing it on earth, but I can't, I don't know. how. Can I live with that for eternity? All I can tell you is, is in regards to this stuff, God sees where you are, and God cares for you as you are. And if you are one of his children, you've been adopted by him because you've put your trust in Jesus. You are important to him. And if you think that you're not, you need to stop right now and look at the cross where God says, this is how important you are to me. I gave my son for you. That's whether you're a big shot Bible guy like Abraham or a sad and lonely wife like Sarah doubting the promises of God. It's also true, as we're going to see, if you're, if you're not so great in the world's eyes, if you're suffering, if you're fearful, if you feel abandoned by God, the warning here in many ways is, is not to let time and disappointment turn to bitterness. Joy is found when we trust the Lord. Joy is found when we see the grace of God and we experience the presence and the faithfulness of God. So before we jump in, let's do some math. How many of you like math? Oh, good, both of you. <laughs> in Genesis chapter 12, God gave a promise to Abraham, and he was 75 years old. When we get that 75, when we get to verse 3, we're going to told that they've been living in Canaan for 10 years. That means they have been waiting for a son for at least 10 years. Did you hear that? God shows up. Hey, I'm here. 
Got a promise for you. You're like, I dig it. He talk finally. Get the promise. And here you are waiting for it 10 years. Interesting, Isaiah says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I think the opposite of that is those who let bitterness seep into their hearts are allowing death in. So chapter 16, verse 1, we won't even get through the first verse yet. It says, now Sarai, Abraham's wife, or Abram's wife, had borne him no children. You got to sit there and be like, what are you waiting for, God? Come on. You said you're going to do it. Get on with it. You ever have somebody who promises to do something for you and you're like, get on with it. They're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Just, you know, be patient. You're like, I have no patience left. Just do it. Now, if you're new to the Bible, one of the things when you read the Bible, you, you see in our, in our art, in our literature, in our cinema, you see a lot of biblical themes are constantly coming out. And so if you're new to the Bible, these are the kind of statements where you kind of, they're in trouble. It's been 10 years, starting to fade. You kind of expect like Jesus to come flying in like Iron Man in the Avengers, like the music is playing, the rock and roll music is playing, and here he is, and he is just going to fix everything, but not here. And to be completely honest, I can't wrap my arms around her pain. I can't wrap my arms around the stress that this has put on their marriage, not that Pam and I have not been through periods of extreme stress in our own marriage, a lot of times from outside events, just kind of pressing in on us. And so she, Sarai, is, is way too old now. I better be careful that you didn't think Pam was too old. Uh, Sarai is, is way too old now to have kids. And, and what's happening in her head, reason is prevailing over the promises of God. Science, reality, time are all against her faith and against Abram's faith as well. Let me caution you, loved ones. The time for loved ones to be most vulnerable is when we don't feel like loved ones. We, we, we know God loves us up here, but, but down here we, in our heart we begin to have some doubts and we are become so vulnerable to temptation and to failure. So let's read verse 1 through 3. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had, be, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant. Um, what's an Egyptian maidservant? Um, a personal attendant. How many of you ladies saw Downton Abbey? Okay, look at that, almost all of them. Few of them don't want to admit it. You know how they had personal attendants. How many of you guys saw Downton Abbey? They, yeah, see? Good husbands. Very good. I saw every episode. In fact, Pam and I were watching another British show, and uh, Pam's like, oh, she looks familiar. I go, oh, that's one of the girls who worked in the basement in Downton Abbey. <laughs> I said, she goes, oh, yes, it is. She looks better with her hair down, <laughs> right? 
So she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Verse 2, so Sarai said to Abram, see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. So now God's like, he made the promise, but he's not coming through on it. Please go into my maid. If this you're young and you don't know what that means, talk to your parents on the ride home. That should be a fun car ride home. Some versions say sleep with my maid. I don't know how much sleeping is going on, but anyway. So some of you are just sitting and go, did she just say that? <laughs> did she just say that? Perhaps, or it may be, I shall obtain children by her. And Abram said, I can't do that. You're my wife. I can't, I can't do that. That's not what your version says? That's what Abraham's, I wish I'd have said that version says. And, and Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Let's just stop there for a second. Uh, this is one of the reasons we know that the Bible's true. Is the heroes of the Bible often look so bad. Here's the man of God. Hey, honey, just another day for the man of God. Hey, I can't have a kid. Why don't you just, why don't we have one with the, with the maidservant? Oh, okay. <laughs> so much egg on their face on the, on the heroes of the Bible. Verse 3, then Sarai, Abram's wife, second time she's called his wife. Do you think we're trying to catch something here? Took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. So back in chapter 12, God said, you're going to have a son. Here we are now in chapter 15. God reminded, uh, last week we saw in chapter 15, God reminded Abraham again. And Abraham earlier in the chapter 15, the week before said, well, maybe it's going to be, you know, my right hand man. Eleazar. And, and God said, no, 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 he's going to come from your own body. And, and I think sometimes we're too sterile in our reading the Bible. Again, remember, God has actually come to them more than once and told them this is how it's going to go down. Maybe they got the baby room ready. Maybe every time they were intimate they thought, this is it. This is going to be the time when God's going to come through. But still, no baby. You see, when we read the scripture, I think it's important, and I really believe that God puts a lot of this stuff in there so we feel the pain and the disappointment of the people we're reading about. Why? So we know that that, that God feels our pain and our disappointment. And so we also learn how to bring our, our pain and disappointment to God, but we also learn how to feel the disappointment of others to God. 
And so really, it's, it's so important when we read our Bibles that we're not just like, oh, yeah, they couldn't have kids, that we stop and we go, oh, man, what would that be like waiting for 10 years on the promises of God? And then all of a sudden you think, oh, God, I've been waiting for you too. What's going to happen? So she has an idea, Sarah has an idea, common in the ancient world, bizarre to us, but your maidservant can have the baby for you and the baby will be yours. What, what is this? What is this in the life of a person of faith? I, I call this actually, you know, there's, of course, customs. And, you know, we're, we always have to remember just because something is legal doesn't make it right. We're going to be constantly challenged with that as we go forward in our culture. So just because something is legal doesn't make it right. But for what, it is, what is it for a follower of Jesus when they're doing something that they clearly know is not right? I call it the logic of pain. I mean, no doubt, Abram had told Sarai, his wife, the Lord told me that, that our son is going to come from my own body. So she figures a way that that can happen. This, can, this is how it can come from, come from your own body. And how, how they remind us of Adam and Eve. Uh, sometimes temptation comes from the people that are closest to us. Sometimes the advice of people you know who love you is the worst advice you will ever get in your life. And the only way to, to avoid such things is to be plugged into the word of God and to be hearing the voice of the Lord, especially thing, when things are really tough in your life. Now, not to mention, this is, this is a really complex thing for a follower of Jesus. And even if you've been a follower a long time, you have to admit, this is a, this is a complexity that's not always as easy as we think. Let's put the bizarreness for us culturally aside, for us of what they're doing. But it's hard to know sometimes, oftentimes, whether faith should act or wait. Am I supposed to do something now or am I supposed to wait but I can tell you a principle that I've learned the hard way that self-effort without faith is not good. And sometimes you proceed forward in faith and you feel like it doesn't work out, but, but at least you can say to God, I, I, I really thought, God, that this was what you wanted me to do. But self-effort without faith is, is not good. But remember, we've talked about this already before, that if we want something badly enough, the evil one will come along with shortcuts. And not only are they shortcuts, but they're usually very, very logical. He tried the same thing. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 4 with Jesus in the wilderness. And right now, I think in our world, we're seeing him tempt followers of Jesus in their fatigue. It's easy to compromise. It's easy to get out of our spiritual disciplines. It's easy to forget about the things the Lord has told us that are the, the conveyors of grace to us, the gathering of God's people, the study of God's word, prayer, being connected with other Christians. easy to forget those things. 
My friends, I can't say this too many times, but impatience that destroys or produces a distrust in God will destroy your soul. Let me say that again. Impatience that produces distrust in God will destroy your soul. Now, I know some of you, if you're talking to your friends, you want to jump in. You're like, oh, oh, oh. Let me get to them. I want, I, want, I want to just jump in and say, I understand you have been waiting 10 years. And in some ways, maybe you can relate to her patience running out. But some of you right now, maybe you want to reach on the side of your seat and grab the seatbelts and strap in because they've been waiting 10 years, right? They're going to wait another 15 They think they're at the point where they can't wait any longer, and they're not even at the halfway point. Maybe that's a word for us today. You know, the television's telling us maybe we've passed the halfway point, but maybe we haven't. Who knows? Be in it for the long haul. Be faithful where you are. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there, too, if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.